Um, we, what a privilege to have Ignite Dance team and Heather and them. They, they work so hard on that. And then next week we have our kids play. So really excited for just us being able to celebrate Jesus' birth this year, right? Amen. We're going to dismiss kids. So uh, anybody who's kindergarten and under needs to be checked in by an adult. You go out, turn left. And uh, first through fifth, you go out, turn right. And uh, youth, if you're sixth grade through 12th grade and you're here, um, follow the Instagram, follow the Facebook uh, Corey, the wild man that was up here earlier, uh, he and Morgan and Emily and a few others lead you guys and rock it out on Wednesday nights. So just to give you a heads up. All right. Why don't you just say hi to somebody near you? Say hello. Maybe turn around. Somebody you don't ever talk to. three of probably the guys that would least likely want me to ask them to come on stage to come on stage so Zach could you join me up here <laughs> Cody Jones why don't you come on up here and um, Nick why don't you come on up here um, we started a series last week and Sorry. In that series, um, we kind of kicked off Advent as well. So um, I have Advent things for you to read, okay? Um, we'll, we'll let you read the story at the end, okay? You will read, um, I think it's Isaiah. Pass it to you. It's, it's marked with an airline ticket. Then you will read um, John 16:33. You're Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Is that correct? Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Your John 16, 33, and then you just read that, okay? We'll get you a microphone, though. Who all in this church is doing Advent with their family or, or alone? Who's doing Advent? A few of you. Uh, last week, I said, uh, suggested a download, focus on the family. Um, it's an Advent calendar. It takes you through daily. Each week is a separate um, focus. Well, it lined up with our series here, and um, I was kind of a... Um, I mean, how do I say that? I was forgetful. I didn't realize that there was five Sundays in, uh, in December. So I planned a whole series based on four. So I had to add one last week, this week. I was like, I announced to the church we're doing three, then an end of the year thing. I was like, oh, wait. So we added joy. So we added joy to the series. So now last week's hope, this week's peace. Uh, next week is um, joy. I think the last week, Christmas Eve, those two services will be love. So, all right, we ready for Advent? This uh, new one is actually, anybody have a guess what the focus is? Peace. Today's peace. Thanks, Aaron, for uh, doing this to us. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. That was really good, actually. 
1633. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Isaiah, Isaiah's Masonic portrait leaves no doubt about the nature of and character of the one who God had promised to send from uh, the very beginning. He is perfectly good and wise, infinitely powerful and eternal, one with God and God the Father himself. As the descendant of David and the Prince of Peace, he will establish and sustain an everlasting kingdom and will um, compass all creation and be built on vast and endless uh, shalom. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. All right, so um, I, I come to you in week two here uh, talking about peace, all right? Um, we Basically, last week we entered it, and it was hope, all right? Uh, we, we didn't, what, what I felt in my heart was that we just focus on Jesus, and everything comes from him. Uh, let, let me be more specific. We, we can chase after a lot of things. We can put on huge programs. Uh, we, we can do a lot of things. We can chase after people. Um, we, can, we can do all these things, uh, especially around Christmas or Easter, these things as a church body. But the, the fact of the matter is if we just pursue Jesus, and this is a life, a life journey. This is a life uh, moment here. If we just pursue Jesus, everything else comes. Everything else is received. Everything else, then, then nothing has to be achieved because we get to receive because we're focusing on Jesus. So we are a church that believes in the signs and the wonders and the, the spiritual giftings, the manifestations. We, we do. We hunger for that. All right? We seek after that. But most of all, we seek Jesus. And last week we talked about hope and the hope of Jesus, the hope of him coming. Hope in a manger, I think is what it was called. And the hope of what, what the fruition and what the purpose of Jesus coming to earth was not to stay in a manger. It wasn't to remain on a cross. But it was to conquer death, hell, and the grave and to invite us into eternity forever through the resurrection of Jesus after being crucified on the cross. So it's this thing that we now have hope of eternity. We have hope of a, of a life and life more abundantly. We have the hope of fullness. It's that same measure with all these things we're going to go through. And I can't wait next week, joy, to talk about joy and, and, and the joy of the process from beginning to end through the whole Jesus story. And it's, an, it's amazing to me that Jesus impacted so much but only lived 33 years. You know, when I hit 33, I was like, this is going to be the best year ever. I, you know, this is the year of fulfillment. Jesus was 33. And um, then you hit like, four, the next one for me was 40. I was like, 40. And then I got this prophetic word, like somebody sent me an encouraging word, and it was like, hey, time, time to go to the promised land now. 40 years they wonder now it's promised I was like all right let's go 40 let's do it I don't know what 50 is going to look like well jubilee I received that and some of you who are 60 and 70 and 80 and and, and even maybe pushing 90 I think we have one in here who's very very special but not pushing but the next one might be might be a mature age all right so anyway we're, we're going to talk about first week was hope in a manger this is peace on earth goodwill to all all right, next week's going to be joy in a stable, and then um, the final week, Christmas Eve, again, 10 a.m. and 8 p.m., same service, is going to be uh, love wrapped in swaddling clothes. So, so let's get on with it. Let, turn with me to Luke 1, 1 through 20, and uh, we're going to just kind of read the version of the Christmas story with the shepherds, and uh, let's dive into the peace that Jesus brings. 
I'm going to be reading actually New King James on this. Going to go back a little. Ooh, I have some ooze. Maybe I should have done King James version. Made even more of you happy. Let's just read the story here. Um, Luke one. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was... That while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. How many went and saw the live nativity at Tip City this week that the youth put on? That was really special. And uh, it was the end scene. It was the scene where they get to the innkeeper and he's like, there's no room. And, and I loved it. The, the versions I saw, he'd be like, Shalom! You know, right in the moment, they were acting this out, narrating the story, and it was really fun. And he's like, sorry, there's no room here, but we have a stable. And it was really precious, but, but I like that, and, and I took from that shalom. Everybody say shalom. shalom. Now we're getting somewhere. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great what? To all people. For this is, this is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Everybody say Savior. The angels are announcing that this is a great day. And, and joy to everybody because to us a Savior has been born. All right, and it says, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angels, the hosts, this heavenly realm begins to happen, and then this song erupts. And it's, I could imagine it being like almost like the rushing wind and that, that loud train-like sound, correct? Like on the day of Pentecost. But it's this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has, to, has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen, and it was told to them. They left different. They left praising. They left, they left glorifying God. Their, their demeanor changed, right? These were average men. These were average men from the region. They found baby Jesus when he was still a baby. All right, it, we're going to get to the wise men just a little bit later, but it said they found him when he was a child. So any manger scene that you see, in the, and it's got a manger with a little baby in it, and it's got wise men, it's wrong. Because that baby was a toddler when the wise men found him. So you just, you just th chuck those wise men out, all right? I'm just kidding. It's, it's symbolic. But, but the reality is the shepherds found him while he was still a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes. The wise men, actually possibly not even believers yet, 
were astrologers, they were educated men, and they found him, and, they, and then they became believers if they weren't already, and, and they, this phenomenon happened, and we're going to get there here in a minute. But I want to go over these two things, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And, and some of us may not even know what the word goodwill means. So we're going to just go here for a minute, peace and goodwill, because I think it's fitting for this season, and, and I just want to let you know that, that the Lord gives us authority and responsibility in both of these areas. So, so Jesus came, and he came, he is the prince of what? Peace. He came on earth in a manger. He, he came in flesh as a babe, born of a virgin, Mary, right? And he became peace for all of us. And, and then he empowers us to walk that out and to be that in us, through us, around us, to the world around us. So we're going to get into this a little bit because there's a depth of peace, I think, that we, that we misunderstand. This is not an absence of conflict. This is not a peace that's just not turmoil. No, it is a shalom peace. It's the Hebrew word will be shalom, all right? And shalom is a heavenly peace that is of a divine nature that goes deeper than just a realm around us. It's something within us. It's something through us. It's something around us. And it's something for the entire world. Shalom peace is this, is this realm of wholeness. It's this realm of, of divine health and healing. It's an atmosphere. It's a being. So it's this whole all-encompassing thing that, that's a heavenly realm. So when you think of shalom peace, think of the realm of heaven. Think of what that is. Think of the environment of heaven. Think of the atmosphere. Think of our heart's feelings and, and some of those things that are the heavenly realm. It, it's like trying to define love. And, and love, the, the Bible defines love. There's really these three areas of love, right? We'll get into this in a couple weeks. But there's these three areas of love. It's not just this, this love that I like you love. There's also a romantic love. And then there's the agape love, right? There's filio, eros, and, and agape love. And trying to define love is very difficult because it's not just this one-dimensional thing. It's really a three-dimensional realm of who God is and what we get to walk in. That same principle is true in peace, we think, oh, well, let's have peace. Let's, let's be happy. Let's have peace. Let's not have fear. No, no, peace is an actual being. Peace is a destination. Peace is a lifestyle. It's heaven. Okay, so, so let's get into some things because I think there's harmony between these three areas. So that we're going to go and talk about three areas. Inner peace, peace within us, peace among us, and peace to the world. All right, can we do that? All right, and then we'll get into goodwill, and then we're going to really go deep for a second. Is that okay? And then in about an hour and a half, I'll dismiss you to go eat lunch. Inner peace. Philippians 4-7 says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a peace that is granted and gifted and gifted that you get to receive from Jesus for within yourself. It's an inner peace. It's a peace for your mind. It's a peace for your heart. It's a peace that goes beyond comprehension or understanding. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. It's a peace that's supernatural. It's a peace that when there's death around us, when there's turmoil around us, when we're walking through crisis, when we're wa walking through trauma, there is still peace. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when we lose this, this person or we lose my mom or we lose that child or whatever it is that we still walk in peace. Part of that is from last week because there is a hope of eternity. There's a hope that there's something greater than the now, and there's something greater than, than what I see. 
okay? I, last week, we referenced this thing of, of, of not being like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that missed the very thing that was promised because it didn't look like the way they thought it should look like. Jesus. They're, they're praying for a Messiah. They're praying for a Savior to come. And they're thinking that he's going to come in this political figure like a king, and he came as a baby in a manger and born in a stable or a barn cave setting. They missed it. It's the same thing that, that we can miss if we're not walking out because we can't let our feelings navigate who and where we are. Our feelings will mislead us, but God's peace won't. It's this deeper depth of, of, okay, I may not be able to explain what's happening now, but I have peace with it. There's that inner peace. I, let, let me share a story with you, and, and then we'll move on to the second point here. A couple of years ago, Peter Lewis came for the first time. And uh, if you don't know Peter Lewis, he's with Braveheart, Upper Room Dallas, good friend of mine. And he comes, and, he, and we're having a leader brunch, and we're just meeting out there. And he just asked this one question that changed the entire, um, my entire being, my, my peace, everything. And I'll explain that. He says, have you realized that there is a day coming where we will see Jesus face to face? That's all he said. There's a day, have you realized, have you thought, and, and, and do you know that there is a day coming that we will see Jesus face to face in all of his glory, nothing being withheld, nothing separating us, nothing, nothing in the way, no distractions. We will see him, we will be before him face to face. Picture that for a moment. Where all troubles are gone, all trials are gone, all divisions are gone, all agendas are gone, and he then becomes the only agenda. There's a day coming where we will see Jesus face to face. And if you know him, that's good news. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, I've actually never pictured that or even looked forward to that. What I had been doing for the last 17 years is looking forward to getting as many people to heaven as I could so that they could experience that. But I myself have never sat and had that moment where there is a better day coming than the one I'm living in, that I get to see Jesus face to face. Now with that, then I'm, I'm, through the next week or two, I'm just like leaning my heart into that and processing that. And I remember being at just a fire. I love doing little fires at my house. Sometimes with my family, sometimes with others, sometimes with just Nicole, sometimes by myself. And I'll sometimes just go out in the morning on a, on a Saturday or something, just start a fire and just sit there, drink coffee, hang out. And uh, I did it yesterday in the rain. Did, uh, had a bunch of boxes to burn. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I burned clean, dry firewood. <laughs> so, Amazon's going nuts at my house right now. So, anyway, <laughs> we live in the country, so, you know, at any rate, let's move on. I'm sitting there shortly after this meeting that I'm describing, and I just remember this blanket, literally like feeling like a warm blanket of peace come over me. And there was things I would worry about as a dad, as a husband, as a provider. If, I, if something happens to me, will Nicole be okay? Will the kids be okay? All these things. What will happen to the church? Like, right, you, you go through these things. But in that moment, I go back. I said, there's a day coming where I'll see Jesus face to face. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave me a supernatural peace beyond understanding, beyond worry, beyond knowing what provision will come for Nicole, all this stuff to know that it's going to work out because I have peace beyond understanding. 
And I now look forward to that day, whenever that is. I'm not saying I want it tomorrow. I want to make heaven crowded still, all right? But there is a day coming where I don't have to worry about it. It's all God's problem anyway. Amen? All right, let's move on. Two, peace among us. Ephesians 2.14 says this. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. All right, so for he himself is our peace. He is the peace among us, all right? If you remember, when he died on the cross, we're gonna, I, I wore my cross sweater today because we're gonna be connecting a lot through the cross today because the, it didn't, he didn't stop at the manger. He also didn't stop at the cross. It works through the cross. So here, if you remember, when he died on the cross, all of a sudden the earth shook, rocks split open, and, and it, the veil was torn. There was, a, there was a, a visual thing of a veil touring from heaven to earth. So if you know about the Old Testament, you know that the tabernacle, there was a veil that would separate the tabernacle to the holiest of holies. And only the high priest on the Day of Atonement could go there on you and I's behalf, on their behalf, on the ones that offered repentance and all these sacrifices and different things, to go to the Father on their behalf. So this was very symbolic, and even right here, that peace was already was poured out to you, and there was no longer any separation when the cross and Jesus took care of it on there, when the veil was torn from heaven to earth. No separation. You don't need a person, a priest, a pastor, a preacher, a friend to go on your behalf to the Lord. You get to go yourself. Now, it's great, and we believe in intercession here. It's great when people are. I've been getting all these texts. I'm praying for you. All these, okay, something wrong? What am I doing? What's happening? Just praying for you. Okay, good. Thank you. Keep praying. It's working. <laughs> But So I love that. But the point is, I don't need somebody else to have relationship with me to the Father. I get to have that all-access pass. And I get an all-access pass to hope, to peace, to joy, to love, and everything else that he offers. So when he says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, it is a promise to us and among us. So there's within us, among us, and uh, we need to pursue this peace for our families, for our communities, for the world. All right, let me get into the last one, which talks about the world. So, peace within us, peace among us, and peace for the world. Let's read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Again, Nick did a wonderful job. Let's recap that. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of, of the increase of his government. And of what? Peace, there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness for this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That was the prophecy, and we talked about the validity of those prophecies coming to fulfillment last week. 300 prophecies over a 400-year span, all coming true, every single one of them. And this is one. So Christ's birth brought us peace to a broken world. And the increase of his government. Think about the governments we entrust. Think about the governments that, that we rely on, that we pay taxes to. There is no government compared to the government of heaven, the government of Jesus. It is one that can be trusted because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. He is all. So his peace, then, is this promise to the whole world, and there is no end to it. 
There is no end to this peace. There is no end to the government. And trust me, it is resting on his shoulders, and they are strong. Way stronger than mine, way stronger than yours. That's not a weight and a, and a burden that you have to bear, any of it. I learned that I don't even have to bear the sins of any. I don't have to bear that there's people that are, are doomed to hell unless they come to the Father through Jesus. I just get an opportunity in the process of it. I get an opportunity to change the course of history. I, I, I get that because we are ambassadors of Christ. But it's not my problem. I get to be part of the process, but it's not my problem. Because God is the promise. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. Goodwill. Uh, so goodwill. In, in contrast to peace, a little different. Goodwill is a harmony. It's a unity. It's, it's a friendship between people, all right? It is kindness. In, this, in the story of the Christmas story, it's relating to benevolence, kindness, taking care of needs of others, putting others first, and positive intentions towards them. All right, so we have this this promise that the angels are singing that Jesus came to earth, peace on the earth, goodwill to all, goodwill toward men, right? So we have this thing of peace and goodwill. Now, here's the good news, and here's what we're going to get into, that we get not only the authority in this process, we get the responsibility. We have responsibility in this, all right? I, I think there's, there's sometimes we find in, in leadership here, and you'll find it in your world, anywhere you're leading or at, there's some people who want authority, but they don't want the responsibility. There's some people that want titles. They want to play a role in it. They want influence. They want this and that, but they don't want responsibility. Like, wait, you mean I, gotta, I should serve at church? And <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, if your kids are in kids' ministry, you should probably serve in kids' ministry. It's a, it's a great way to sow once a week, once a month or something. You mean, you mean I, I should probably, like, help sow financially into the church? Yep, you like those seats and that toilet paper and the lights and the heat. And yeah, it's probably a good thing. You should probably sow into it. You don't just want authority. You have responsibility in this, in life. You want titles. You want these things, right, at your workplaces. We need ownership. We, we don't just need renters. We need ownership. If I'm at work, I watch, like, three or four guys just pass by this piece of trash on the floor. I'm like, hey, it's our home. We call ourselves a brotherhood. I'm going to pick up that trash. Because I just don't have authority there. I have responsibility there. It's this thing of, of ownership. So in peace and goodwill, we have authority in it. The Lord gave us authority. We're going to get through some scriptures here. But he also gave us responsibility, which means part of this is on us. He paid the price and forgave all and forgave us so that we could also forgive others. Let's get into this. We're called to and get to live in peace and harmony with both man and God. Okay, so he actually gives us authority and responsibility. Romans 12, 18 says this, if possible, Evelyn, could you run me that water, please? Thank you. I've been wanting to ask for like the last 12 minutes. I just didn't want to interrupt service and I just can't take it anymore. I got to hydrate for, for uh, this first closing here. All right. Oh, I got a lot more notes. It's not first closing. Cancel that. Cancel the first closing. This is interim. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. As much as it is possible within you, live peaceably with all. Now, I, I do believe that there is a possibility through the heavenly realm that we can live in peace with all. But I also realize that part of that is on the other person or other realm or the other influence or the other cult, whatever. So there's times where I have to do everything I can, and even Jesus at times would dust his feet and move on. 
There's times where it's not even healthy maybe for you to stay in that or stay in that abusive relationship or whatever it might be, and you do everything, you release, you have this forgiveness, you do these things, and then you get to move on, and you know you've done everything within you and your heart to live peaceably with that realm, that environment, that person, that relationship, whatever it might be. So let's, let's carry on here. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20 says it like this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. All right? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God, those who, who though through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, gave you, gave me, the ministry of what? He gave us, he empowered us the authority and the responsibility of the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation, meaning doing the same, not holding things against them, not holding them things against us, all this, because Jesus paid the price so that we don't have to carry it. Jesus paid the price so that we can walk in freedom. Let me, let me reword that. Jesus died so that I can walk in freedom. I need to die to myself, release others, so that they and I can continue to walk in freedom. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The one thing that's asked of us, the one thing that I think is, is required of us is... Two, walk in a realm of forgiveness where we forgive all. I find nowhere where it says, well, they have to repent, they have to do this, they have to do that, they have to measure up, they have to, they have to come to you and reconcile. But no, it just tells us to forgive. Amen. So we're going to go deep in here for a second. All right? John 20, 22 through 23 says this. And when he had, and let me tell you why I feel my heart is, a key to peace and a key to goodwill to all men I feel is forgiveness. And I believe if we don't do it, we walk in bitterness. And we walk in, and it, realm, and it hurts in the realm of my freedom I get to walk in based on who I'm not forgiving or holding things against them or still allowing those things to affect me. Because most often they have no clue that they did something. They have no idea that you're still hurt. So John 20, 22 through 23 says this, And when he had said this, now, this is Jesus. He, he's reappearing. He had already been crucified, already resurrected. He reappears, and he said this. His, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If, I find this interesting. The first thing he's saying to the disciples and reappearing to them, first he's saying, Receive Holy Spirit. This is what was promised. Because remember, leading up to this point, he's saying, I have to go. I have to pay a price. But somebody's coming greater than I. The Holy Spirit will comfort and guide you. On, on the day of Pentecost, it, it gets poured out. It's poured out. This is just prior to that. He says to them, receive. He breathes on them. The same Ruach breath at creation. He's breathing on them. And he says, receive Holy Spirit. Then he mentions this. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, a lot of this is in the realm of anybody does anything to you. If anybody sins, forgive them. Release it. In our home, we, we talk about this, and we go through a process of three things, all right? We forgive, we release, and we bless. If you're taking notes, write that down. That is true forgiveness. 
We, what we do in our house, if somebody wrongs one of our kids, we, we go through this process. They had, they had a rough fall. There were some things going on in the fall, some things at school, some things in some other environments. And we went through this process, and every time an injustice would happen, we would go, we would gather, we would pray. we say, okay, we are going to forgive them. Let's pray that God will give us the heart of forgiveness. Let's release it to him. Let's release these from our hearts. Let's release these injustices, these oughts, these, these uh, offenses, or whatever. And now we begin to pray blessing. And we would just go through and begin just this blessing rampage. We bless that person. We bless them. Lord, just like you on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Think about that. Some people don't even know they're hurting you and you're holding this and it's this poison. There's a quote that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness is like a bitterness or a poison and it's this hope of thinking they may die. There's a quote that kind of references that. We're holding on to this. It becomes a poison in our heart and it controls our life when most often they don't even have a clue that this is happening. So we forgive, we release, and we bless. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says it like this. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. I, I, I'm not going to get into some deep theology on this, because I, but, but I'm telling you, this is not something I want to flirt with, holding unforgiveness. All right, so let's get into the Christmas version of this. Everybody say, tasting the bitterness of forgiveness. Say, it's a poison. Matthew 2, 9 through 12. First closing. My brother can come to the piano. Matthew 2, 9 through 12. We're going to the story of the wise men. We're going to King Herod's trying to trick them, all this stuff, right? And we, they come into the picture. And it says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Isn't this amazing? The shepherds, the average people, the educated people, every time they come to this place, they have exceedingly, abundantly, overwhelming joy. That's what Jesus in your life should do. Bring us joy. We'll get there next week. And when they had, yeah, don't, we don't want joy this week. <laughs> Just next week. It's like when we pray for the food. Bless the hands that prepared it. Only the hands. <laughs> Just only bless the hands that prepared that food. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We'll just stop there. I, I, I love this story. I love the profoundness of it, that the moment they encounter Jesus, the first thing they do is bow down and worship. Before they bring their gifts, <laughs> I'm talking to some church people here. Before they bring their gifts to be used and their gifts to be exploited and, and their gifts to sing or their gifts to preach, they fall down and worship, and they give him the gifts. And then, it says this in the last verse, it says, Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. When you encounter Jesus, you leave a different way than you came in. You're transformed. You're way better. There's, there's a tangible upgrade that you leave different than you came. So, but let's go through these gifts just real quick, because then it's going to tie in, and I promise I'm going to close. 
Gold. Gold is what they gave kings. These were all prophetic gifts being given to a toddler. All right? In this realm, it's, it's these, these most expert, educated people uh, in the entire land, right? Given these gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was given to kings. Frankincense is an incense that was uh, that part of that process giving to a high priest. And then we get to myrrh, and I want to focus on myrrh here for a little bit. Myrrh was an, is, is essentially an ointment that was used in an embalming process. It was also put in wine to make it very bitter. And it was a numbing and a pain agent. But in this context here, it was given to, babe, to, to, to toddler Jesus as this prophetic realm of, you are going to die for us, and this is an embalming thing. These were the prophetic gifts. Now, let's fast forward. Mark 15. Say, everybody say, there's more to myrrh. Say it again, there's more to myrrh. And I'm not talking about impractical jokers now. No other fans, huh? Anyway, I'll keep the jokes. Let's just, let's just stay in spirit realm here. Remember, no joy till next week. And when I was talking world peace, no, I'm not in the beauty pageant. I meant to say that earlier. I thought it'd be funny. All right, Matthew 15, 20, Mark 15, 23. Mark 15, 23. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Jesus is on the cross. He's up there. He's, he's in agony. He's in pain. He's taking a price for you and I. He who knew no sin took on our sin. It's this brutal murder that's taking place. And they're offering him this wine with myrrh to numb his pain, to numb this process, and to make it easier for him. And he says, no, I want to take it all. We skip down a few verses, Mark 15, 35. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him, and said, drink, saying, wait, let's, let us see whether Elijah can come to take, take him down. The next thing he takes, they put sponge on him, on his mouth, and they give him this sour wine. Now, now let, me, let me just kind of talk about this process. He tasted the bitterness of sin, the bitterness of unforgiveness, the bitterness of all pain, and took it for you and I. The gift he received as a toddler, he's no longer receiving because of, for all humanity, he's paying the price for us so that he can take that bitterness so that we don't have to walk in it. Let that get deep in you right now. We don't have to walk in bitterness and, and unforgiveness and all of these things because Jesus literally took the bitterness on his mouth, releasing it from you and I. He took all the pain. He took all the sins. He took everything so that we can walk in freedom and peace, have hope, walk in joy, be able to love the way he loves, be able to forgive the way he forgives. There's verses all through the Bible that says, freely you'll give grace when you understand and you receive grace. You will give forgiveness when you receive and you understand forgiveness. Many of us, we walk around on that. We, well, they've not apologized. They don't need to. For you to forgive and you to forgive, release, and bless, they, they don't need to apologize. They don't need to make wrong things right because Jesus already did on their and your behalf. I'm not saying it's not still going to hurt. I'm not saying there's still going to be boundaries. I'm not saying there's still going to be some, some stuff in that. But that's the things that the Lord promises that he'll work out because it's a peace that goes beyond our comprehension and understanding. And it's peace that just doesn't make sense. Let, let, me, let me finish this up. We, we're good to play. Ephesians. I'm in the final closing now. 
Like, I'm, I'm like ready to seal the deal. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. <laughs> you can just keep listing. Be put away from you. Along with all malice, all distension, all division, all things you're holding against somebody or something or an injustice. I've walked through injustices and it just ain't fair. But neither was the cross. That's the reality. The cross wasn't fair. He took on stuff that was mine that he didn't deserve. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Listen to Paul's words there. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and gossip and discord just be put away. Love one another. Be kind to one another. Have goodwill toward men. Release peace to man. You're the ambassadors of Christ. You're the reflection of Christ to the people around you. You are the vision, the picture sometimes of Jesus. You may be the greatest picture of Jesus to that person next to you who's never been exposed to him, who's never read their Bible, who doesn't know. And even if they've read their Bible, if they're not a believer, it's a good book. It's not truth yet until you have a relationship with Jesus who wrote it. He's saying, put, put all that, all the nasty, all the stuff away because I took the bitterness. I didn't numb it. I didn't try to escape it. I didn't try to do without it. I didn't try to, try to make this process easy. Jesus is saying, I took on all bitterness, all sin, all nastiness so that you can walk in freedom. So that you can just love one another and be a family. Stand with me. Man, we get this incredible opportunity to celebrate a, a Savior, the birth of a Savior, the birth of a Messiah, the birth of a healer, the birth of a deliverer, the birth of the Prince of Peace. And we get to walk in total freedom because of what he eventually paid a price for. And we will sit around, especially even sometimes this time of year, and let conflict, and let the dumbest things. Sometimes family history goes back to things you don't even remember. I, I, like uh, Andrew said, the McCoys and who is it? That feels, it goes back to like a pig, I guess. And by the time it goes from generation to generation or week to week or month to month or year to year, it just gets built up bigger and bigger and bigger and the heart gets harder and these walls get bigger and they get, they get, there's more mortar and brick that's put up. I don't know about you, but I can just envision Jesus coming and just like karate kicking all those walls and barriers so that we can walk in freedom and just walk straight through it. It doesn't mean that stuff doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that stuff's not painful. It doesn't mean, again, there's not some boundaries or maybe some healthy uh, communication, healthy conflict. There's freedom. There's peace beyond understanding. And we get to be the change agents. And we get to bring this peace that Jesus came through a manger to a cross, through resurrection, inviting us to an eternal realm of the shalom peace he's promised and to be goodwill to men. He ultimately is that. But we get to be a reflection of him to the people around us. So here's what I'd like to do. I, I want people to walk in freedom. I, uh, 
I like to walk in freedom. I have a high value of freedom. I get super weird um, going into certain environments. Nicole will kind of like elbow me, nudge me, kick me under the table. Like teacher conferences, if I can kind of feel like the teacher thinks they know best for my kid than I do. I'm like, Ugh. Or walking through some of these like oppressive environments or I'll, I'll, I've landed in like Vegas or, or New Orleans and like these some areas I just, I feel like freedom is being challenged. I'm like a cage jam, we're writing it out. I love freedom. And I do believe that a, a, a key or at least a major pillar of freedom is forgiveness. The one we receive from Christ ultimately and then the one we give to others. We get to continue that freedom. So what we want to do is I want to call all prayer team members, every one of the prayer team members, not just the ones on this week. And I want everybody to walk out of here free of oughts, free of offenses, and free of unforgiveness. And if you're watching online, you can do this at home. But there's some things that we have put in our heart. There's some things like, like Corey has said, and he, I think that's been on his heart for the last few weeks, is these things. And Nicole's been talking about the heart, issues of the heart, conditions of the heart, purity of the heart, healing of the heart. And I think there's these things, and, and, you know, I'll just be honest, like, there's some things where I've not forgiven God. Why didn't you heal my mom? Why didn't you do this? Why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? So I'm not just talking people. I'm talking realms. I'm talking atmospheres, environments, injustices, and people, relationships. Let, let, me, let me just tell you this. Those of you who are divorced and you went through a traumatic thing or you were abused, that was never intended to be your plan from God. It wasn't. And there's these things that were created there in these walls. Some of them may be being protection. I, I feel that the Lord is wanting to just crush those walls. Heal, more, let me reword that. Heal those walls. Heal that process. Heal that heart. Heal that pain. So that you can at least forgive, release, bless, and you get to walk in freedom. I, I feel that. There's things that your dads may have done to you that absolutely wrong. There's things that maybe things were done to you that were just absolutely wrong. Maybe there's, there's, there's things that go way back. There's sometimes Nicole and I, we get in these arguments and like a couple hours later, we're like, what, what, what was that about? We totally forget. Some of it honestly may have started from very minimal things, but then thing after thing happens. And then all of a sudden, here's one thing that unforgiveness does. The bitterness allows us to begin to see, not from heaven's eyes, but the world's perspective or that hurt. There's a saying that hurt people hurt people. But I believe healthy people heal people. And I want people to walk in health and wholeness and peace, the shalom peace of God. So here's all these people who are up here, because maybe, maybe you can do it from where you're at. Maybe you can do it from home. Maybe you can just release that from your heart right now, and it's an intimate moment with the Lord. We're going to give some space for that right now. But maybe you need one of them to stand in that gap and say, tell them what's going on. Tell them, I'm holding unforgiveness. I've had this bitterness blank. Right, I've had this going on. And maybe they can just stand in the gap on behalf of so-and-so. I wanna say, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? We do this in some of our retreats, and we do this in some of our um, encounter retreat style things. It is profound, and it is freeing. And I just wanna encourage you, the prayer team's here, they're ready for this, all right? But I wanna see each person here walk out in freedom. And then it's, it's, it'll be crazy what you see happen over the next course of the few weeks of other people you know walking in freedom because they're gonna sense that freedom from you. Healthy people heal people, hurt people hurt people. So I'm gonna close in prayer and then we're gonna open this up. And if you need to forgive somebody, please do so. If you need to release that awe, that offense, that hurt, that issue, that trauma, now's the time. Today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. 
I like the word sozo in the Greek context, saved, healed, and delivered. Today is the day of salvation, healing, and deliverance. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for the peace that you brought to this earth. We thank you for the peace that you are. We thank you for the peace that's in heaven. We thank you for the inner peace that we get to walk in. We thank you for the peace we, got to, we get to walk among us. We thank you for shalom peace, the heavenly peace, the, the, the depth of peace, God, that's even granted and given for the whole world that, that we get to walk in this and be different from the world, not be of the world, not be like the world in it, but not of it or like it, Jesus. So we thank you for peace. And Lord, I pray right now that there will be a spirit of reconciliation, a ministry of reconciliation, and a spirit of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Lord, let us forgive and let us bless and let us release and let us uh, just absolutely walk in freedom from the forgiveness you give us and that power you give us to give others. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please, if you need some prayer time, if you need somebody or you need that moment, um, just take that moment right now. But if you need to leave, you're dismissed. You can leave. Bless you guys. Shalom. Shalom.